Buenos dias. How's everybody doing? Good? Well, I'm nervous. Yeah, I am, but I'm going to hold on to the promise that God doesn't give me more than what I can handle, so I can handle this. I'm going to be sharing a little bit about, uh, well, for those who don't know me, I'm Solomon Guzman. My wife, Megan, is right there. We've been working in Tijuana, Mexico, and as missionaries for five years, going on six. We've been so blessed by you guys, like you don't even know uh, you support us financially, spiritually. Uh, as Joseph mentioned, they went and visited us, and there was a big encouragement for us. It's such a blessing when, when people take interest in, in what God is doing through you, where he has you. Uh, through Shirley and the sewing team, we have been blessed with all the good things that you send us to give to people down there. So I just want to give a shout-out to the sewing team and Shirley. And... To this whole church, it's our family. Even though I'm a little darker than you, we're, we're still family. Um, uh, today I just want to talk a little bit about, uh, they asked me for a, like a name for the sermon, and I said Reckless Love. That just came to my wife, not to me. But yeah, I, I took that, and it's like, I know when we hear the word reckless, we think of something like unplanned or like just doing something um, crazily. But I think it's more like doing something with obedience. And I think that God can do so much with your obedience. In Matthew 28, 19 and 20, um, it talks about the Great Commission and how we're all called to, to do this. And it, and it is where you're at. I think it talks about Samaria Judea and to the ends of the world, but I think it puts the three things uh, to me, Samaria, is where you're at. Judea might be where you're going, and the ends of the world, where you're going later, you know? So um, we're all called to love where we're at. We're all called to, to share God's love with people where we're at. In Matthew 22, 37 and 38, he calls us to love him above, uh, with all our heart, with all our mind, and with all our strength. And the second uh, commandment is to love our neighbors like we love ourselves. But I think like God puts so much purpose in how he words this. He calls us to love him first so we can learn to love ourselves so we can learn to love others. And I, I'm not like super smart or theological, but I think, like, he always does, like, these little things in which, um, in these verses where he puts the order in which we need to do things. I, I have personally experienced in this past year uh, more than ever God's love in my life, and I'm pretty sure my wife can say the same thing. Um, to access this kind of love that he talks about, this reckless love that can only come from him, we need to be in deep relationship with him. There's no other way to access this kind of love and for this love to go through us. The good news is that, like I said, he leaves us the steps to be able to do this. Love him first so we are able to, in him, find our purpose. 
our identity. Because when we understand where our identity in Him, that it doesn't matter what you did or what you're doing or what you're going to do, He still loves you. That allows you to be able to give love to others. There's no other way to be able to do this. As I, as I talk about that, um, I know that he left us the perfect, that's the perfect foundation so that we can go and make disciples. Loving him first, finding our identity in him, and loving others. But other than that, like the other thing that he left us was the Trinity. And it's, uh, I feel, although the Trinity is him himself, he divided it in three separate parts so we could go to each one of these parts to be able to be in deep, deep and deeper relationship with him. I'm sorry, I feel like I'm going really fast. Am I going really fast? No? Okay. So he, God refers himself as our father for a reason. It's not just because it sounded good or anything. Like he refers himself as our father because I remember with my earthly father when I was younger, every time... I had a problem or something, I would go to him. And I would say, hey, Dad, I'm going through this. And then he would always give me advice. Maybe not all the time, the best advice, but he would give me advice. But that was my earthly father. God wants us to see wants us to see him as our father because he wants us to come to him every time we are mistreated, every time we might be unencouraged. And I recommend this immensely, to go to him instead of going to anyone else. First, because sometimes when we go to him, you realize that it's not that big of a deal what is going on. No matter how big it seems to you in the moment, I have experienced personally. And remember, everything that I'm saying today, I'm reminding myself first. Like, it's not like I'm saying, oh, it is because I'm perfect. No. No, there is no perfect one. I think if God knew that one of us was going to achieve perfection, he wouldn't have sent his son. But he knew that none of us was going to be able to do that. So... He loved us so much that he sent his son. So he wants us to come to him with all our problems or the things that we're going through. Um, he, and, and this might not be easy, but it's a, a, an exercise that we have to develop. Going to him every time whenever we're going through something. Because the world will fail. But he will never fail. He's the same today, tomorrow, and to the end of time. And that's a promise in the Bible that I always hold on to. As I, as I said, I'm referring to the Trinity because I feel like each part has its own, like, uh, importance in us being in relationship with God. First, first one was he refers himself as our Father. Second one, he gave us Jesus Christ to be reunited with him. But another thing aside for, from him making us the, the way to be reunited with our Father it's like he's our example of life. Like he became like us. He went through everything like us. And he overcame. And how was he able to do this? He was connected to the Father. So he had access to God's power. And that's why he, he was so loving to people and caring to people. And he was able to overcome every situation the life would throw at him. Last but not least, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the power of God in us. 
And until I say that God has done so much in my life, but this past year has definitely been a special time because it's the first year, and I'm going to be completely honest with you guys, that I have desire to have the Holy Spirit in my life. And it's because I grew up going to churches where they said that the Holy Spirit was not working. And, uh, or they wouldn't like, they would mention him on the verses where the Bible talks about him, but it was just kind of like an overview about it. And I believe that the Holy Spirit is the power of God in us. On John 14, it talks about how Jesus says when he was being ascended to heaven, that he was going to leave us a counselor and the greater things we will be able to do through him. And it's the Holy Spirit. Like I said before, Jesus was connected to the Father, and this is why he was able to love people in the way that he was able to do it. He knew that we needed to access that direct power for God, and he knew that he would only be able to do it through the Holy Spirit. So, is this past year I decided to like start asking God to, first I asked God, like, what is this Holy Spirit, God? Please, like, make it clear to me what it is and what I need to do and how I need to desire it and what are these gifts and what is all of these things that, that, that I've, new things that I'm learning. And, and little by little, he started making it clear and whatever wasn't clear to me started getting clearer to my wife and she, we would partner up and we would start, like, getting it together and, and I believe that that like without the Holy Spirit, God will still be able to use you, but it, it's hard because most of it you're doing on your own strength. The power of God through the Holy Spirit is the one that can break poverty of mind, uh, barriers, chains, and even the right now a, a big move that we're seeing in Mexico being done by the Holy Spirit is that we're, we are actually encouraging Mexican people to go out to the nations. And the thing is, like, for so many years, American people have been an example to us down there of what it is to, to answer the calling of God, to, to go to, to places and serve other people and stuff. But until now, I see it as like, you guys were being the example but that doesn't mean that we can't do it, you know, as Mexican people. Um, this past season, we were, uh, me and my wife got the opportunity to go to a trip to Africa, to a Muslim country where more than 90% of the people were um, Muslim. And they spoke French and Arabic. And there was people before we left on the strip that said, oh, don't worry about it. You're going to do awesome. They speak Spanish, some of them and stuff. Well, I got back to Mexico, and I never found anyone that spoke Spanish in Africa. <laughs> and let me tell you, my French is not that good, and my Arabic is even worse. <laughs> but it's crazy because when I started following God, my desire was to serve him somewhere. When I got married to Megan, our desire together was like, God, send us wherever you want. But we would always think like Africa or like somewhere in Asia or somewhere where we grow up hearing as Christians that it's like the main place where, 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 where God is needing. 
needed. But to my surprise, he sent me back to where I started. He sent me back to Mexico because I'm originally from there. And in the moment, I, like, I'm, I was like, God, what, what is it that you're doing? <laughs> you know, like, I'll say yes because I love you and I want to honor you. And I know right now this is a calling, but I don't understand it. I was here for so many years. But like I said, I was in a, in a place where I was learning about the justice of God and how it was all about sitting down and getting filled and letting other people take care of, like, the necessities of people. And it sounds sad, like, to, to, to share about um, this kind of Christianity, but it is happening, and it is true. Um, when we went back, we act- I actually saw the reality of the necessities and how much we could be doing as Christians down there. And it's not so much about, um, about giving stuff to people, uh, material stuff, although that's a, a really good hook to share the gospel. But the main thing is to love other people. And when I say share the gospel, it's not about like me going out and making a person do a, a, a prayer. You know, because I feel like it can be turned into something of like, okay, let's go see how many people do the prayer of salvation and let's do our check marks and, and say, oh, these many, many people did the prayer of salvation. When we went down there, we found more that it was about relationship. Building relationship with people because it takes time for people to see Jesus in your life. It takes time for people to see God's love in your life and the transformation that he has done in your life. Uh, I wish I could tell you that there's been thousands of people that have come to Christ uh, over the past five years that we've been down there, but I would be lying. And I don't want to sound unencouraging or anything, but in, in five, almost six years that we've been down there, probably and this is me just, that I have seen like 40 people have decided to follow Christ. But to me, that has so much value. It's so valuable because it's people that decided to do that prayer, but because of being in relationship with them, they're still strong going in their faith with God. And I think that's the main purpose of of us sharing the gospel, that people actually get it, but it takes time through relationship. Um, loving others uh, is not that difficult. The, the, the difficult thing is, uh, you know, to take these three things that I mentioned, like seeing God as our Father, seeing Jesus as our example, and being more like Him every day, and, and desiring the power of the Holy Spirit in us. They can only, all of this can only come through being in deep relationship with God. Um, it's so hard for me like, to, to do a sermon like reading notes. Sorry. I wanted to share with you guys a, a little testimony in a little bit. But uh, I wanted to give you a funny example of like, a, a, thing, a way that I saw how loving God, loving God and loving people is not that difficult. When we were in Africa... Um, we, we got invited to, to this family's house and they cooked for us. You see, this is the first time I've eaten like authentic African food. Uh, how many here have heard of uh, couscous? 
Do you guys like it? Oh man, I didn't. But I don't, I don't, I don't know if I don't know if you had the authentic one that they that they have over there. But I'm pretty sure you might have. But uh, I I really didn't like. I was like, where's the tortillas? You know. <laughs> but but um, so they bring this big pot of couscous with cabbage, boiled cabbage, chicken, and a bunch of different stuff on it, and they put it on the table. And and I know, and this is where the love love that can only come from God comes into place. I'm like, I know, God, that you want me to eat whatever they put in front of me. Lord, Holy Spirit, fill me up. I need you right now. And they put this big pot, but I had a secret weapon. I had a two-liter Coke with me because Megan said, oh, bring something just so you can be uh, like, uh, bring something because they're feeding us and stuff. And I'm like, oh, I'll bring a Coke. So I show up with my two-liter Coke to the house, and they go, um, and they, as soon as I walked in the door, the lady goes like, no, 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 no Coke. <laughs> she takes it away. Who knows where she put it? And, I, and, and I'm like, oh, okay. So she puts the couscous, and then she puts this white glass of something on my, my table, and I'm like, oh, milk. Huh. Okay, well, milk is better than nothing. So I take the couscous, because you do it with your hand, and you do a little bowl, and then you shove it in your, your mouth, and you eat it, and, and I'm like, oh, man, this has no salt or pepper on it. <laughs> um, so I eat it, and then I go and grab the glass, and I take a huge swig of it, and it wasn't milk. <laughs> it was, I, I don't, like, I, I didn't ask, because they answered in Arabic, so I didn't really know what they were going to say, but it was, you know when you make cheese and there's a white substance floating on it? That was what it was. <laughs> and, and I drank like three times because I, uh, that couscous was hard to, <laughs> to, to get through. But like I'm saying, Sometimes it takes us being uncomfortable. Sometimes it takes us to do, doing something that we might not do in a, in a daily basis to be able to show God's love. And like I said, it might sound, it's, it's a funny story, or, 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 but, but we answer to go there. We answer to go love on people, even though I, I, I said it in a funny way. It is like whatever God puts in front of you, it might not be couscous. You know, but you have to you have to try it. You have to try going for it. You have to try loving on people. It's not about us. It's not about like if if I like this kind of people or this kind of people or if they treat me right or if they treat me wrong. Because people are always gonna fail. I have failed many times, but but God'll never fail and, and He wants to fill you up with that love that's reckless. They will go through anything, no matter what. Um, I, I would love to tell you that it has been easy being down in Tijuana. Even though I'm from there, uh, being in the spiritual battle is really, really hard. It's really, really hard, but, but it's worth going through. Um, I want to share with you a, a little testimony, and I have a video with it, but I'll, I'll put it after I share the testimony. When we were down there, 
like I said, the people encouraged us so much before we got down to Africa. They were saying, oh, God is going to use you so much. You can, like, you're going to make people laugh and, and stuff, and that's going to open up the door for you to be able to connect with people. And, and on our way there, after the 12-hour flight, we got there, you know, and, and, and we were like, okay, we're ready to be used. We had our first meeting with the team, and we were all excited. They're like, hey, if someone comes to Christ, like, what do we do, and this and that. And I'm like, wow, all these people are on fire. I want to be on fire like them. And they're like, one of our friends has something, like, really crazy on our first get-together as a team. He's like, what do we do if someone gets baptized? And, and the, even the, 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 the permanent missionaries there were like, well, that hasn't happened in a long time. If it, if it were to happen, just come, come to us and let us know and stuff. But it, have, it hadn't happened in 15 years. No one has gotten baptized there. But it, 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 being there, you would understand. It's so, like, I mean, it's, it's really an oppressive environment because of the religion. It's like the first time that I've ever felt, like, in some sort of danger. Even though I was, I live in Tijuana, and Tijuana a couple of years ago was the most dangerous city in the world, I felt more in danger in this place that I was there. But it was like a spiritual danger that I've never felt before. Just by looking at the culture and everything, they're so loving. The people are so loving. But the religion is a religion that's like, has people captive because of fear. They keep people in fear. So everything they had to do with their religion was like that spiritual, like, kind of like battle that was going on and oppression that I felt when we were there. So um, my wife and, and my friend Anita, because we had to stay in different places over there because as missionaries, a group of 15 would look really bad in a close country. So we were four of us in one house. It was me, my wife, my my friend Fernando and his wife Anita. So my wife and Anita went out to a mall and they started talking to this uh, girl that was selling frozen yogurt. And they started a relationship with her. They met up with her like three times. And then after the third time, this girl said, oh, I'm going to bring some guy friends. So, so if you want to bring someone, you can bring someone. Because over there, the, the, the culture is girls with girls. And guys with guys, like if it's all girls, a guy cannot be there. So my wife said, oh, well, I'll bring my husband. And my, my other friend said, I'll bring my husband. So me and my friend Fernando, we went and we met with this girl. And to our surprise, she showed up by herself. And I'm like, and I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't even want to be there. You know, I was super tired because that day we went and did a bunch of stuff. But... Uh, I'm like, hey, Fed, well, I guess we got to leave. And he's like, okay. But this girl started sharing in front of us. She started sharing her story. And this was like the first time that this has ever happened since we were there. Like, we have never seen a girl, like, even want to acknowledge us in the whole time that we were there. And uh, so she starts sharing her story. And I started getting teary-eyed. I got to be honest, guys. I started getting teary-eyed because when you experience the, the culture and the oppression that you feel there, and then someone's opening up and telling you their personal oppression, 
it just gets to you, you know. And, and I started crying. And then my friend Fernando started crying because I was crying. And, and, and the girl was really surprised. And she says, why are you guys crying? Uh, and all of this, by the way, I'm telling you like it was a conversation. But it was all through Google Translate. Because we couldn't communicate. And she spoke a little bit of broken Spanish. So it was broken Spanish and Google Translate. But, but God was moving because I never cried reading something. Uh, so we told her that it was Jesus, Jesus in us that was breaking our heart for, for her and what she was going through. And that's when it all started. Like, I immediately, like, you can ask Megan, I immediately felt like this is a, a divine appointment. God is going to do something today. I don't know what it's going to be, but we're going to do it step by step. So, and for this, I, 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 like I told you, they have been meeting with her many times before. It wasn't like the first time we met with her and we, hey, here's the gospel. No, she was able to see the love of Megan and her friend for a while, and, and this day it, it got to that point. So to not make the story long, she accepted Christ. She decided to start being discipled by the permanent team there. She wanted a Bible. And, and this was like, it took like probably like half a day for all of this to happen. And then, then I felt like we weren't finished. And remember the question that my friend asked the first time? What do we do if someone wants to get baptized? And we, honestly, we all were like, haha, you know, like what is this guy talking about, you know? But I'm like, we're not finished, so what's next? Baptism. And I'm like, Lord, are you really calling me to ask her if she wants to get baptized? And let me tell you something. There are Muslims that are trying to do the exact same thing as we were trying to do over there to us. I had a Muslim that told me, God loves you so much that he put you here for me to convert you into a Muslim. So it's really hard for someone to leave their religion that they have been believing for so long. Even though there's, there's a lot of things that are pointing that this is not the right thing to do, they grow up and they put their prayers on their ears since they are, they are little. Their whole life they grow up like with this fear implanted into them. So it's not easy. It's not easy. So when God, when God was putting in my heart to ask her if she was gonna, wanted to get baptized, I'm like, God, this better be you and not be my emotion. But let me tell you, I have never felt that before. And, and, and two days before this happened, me and my wife and our roommates were on the ground, on our knees, crying, asking God to fill us up. Because we were there for three weeks. And the first week, I felt like the most useless person in the world. I was making friends. I was making people laugh. But no one was coming to Christ. No one was even like, you would say, Jesus, no, Jesus, just a prophet. Don't talk to me. Get away. And that's the way that they were all the time. But it was because I was relying on my own strength and relying on what I knew. I wasn't, I wasn't accessing that love, that powerful love that can only come for God. I wasn't desiring to be filled by the Holy Spirit. I was just deciding to do what I knew. But God has something new for you wherever you're at. 
He wants to give you the tools that you need to be able to be impactful. One thing that I identified in the Muslim religion, and like I feel like with any sort of like wall that everyone puts, it's like they're wearing an armor. They have their armor put on every day. But you know something? It's cracked. The armor is cracked, and we just need to find those cracks to be able to be effective with God. It takes time to find those cracks. And I feel like that's what happened with this girl. So let's go. I'll go back to the story. I, I wrote to my wife, Megan, I feel like God is putting in my heart that she, she's going to get baptized. She's like, if he's doing it, then go ahead and ask her. So I asked her, and I have a little video that I, I would like to share with you guys. I always get teary-eyed <laughs> with that video. It, and, it's, and it's because I was able to see God's power in, in person. You know, you hear all these verses and you try to hold on as much as you can to, to, to the promises. But then God puts moments like this in your life where, where you can actually see his promises come into place. Um, she's still following God. She's still being discipled by the people that are there, the long-term, the long-term people. But that all the glory goes to God in that because there's nothing I can do in my own strength or we can do in our own strength to be able to do what's impossible. Um, yeah. God calls us to uh, pick up our cross every day and follow him on Luke uh, 9, and Paul uh, wrote to the Ephesians, and Ephesians 5, we read about Paul saying that being filled by the Holy Spirit is a constant thing. It's not a, a one-time kind of thing, and, and, and I think it's that way because God wants us to give, you, give us an opportunity every single day, every single day to be filled by His power through the Holy Spirit, to be more like Jesus every day, to pick up our cross every single day. That's the only way that we can achieve 
having this kind of love in our life. Uh, I want to share a little analogy to end today. And it might sound a little crazy to you guys, but it was really impactful to me when I, when I heard it. And it's about, there was this town where, where this guy came down from the mountains with his two dogs, and he would make them fight in front of the people. And everyone would bet. And there was a white dog and a, and a black dog. And one of them would win all the time, but the guy that would bring them down would always bet on one of the dogs. And the dog that he would bet on was the one that would always win. This went on for many years until one day this guy was leaving, leaving his house, going somewhere else to live. This person went up to the mountain and asked him, can you give me your secret? Can you tell me how you always knew which, which dog won? And he's like, yeah, of course I can, I can do that. I'm leaving anyways. So uh, the dog that would win was the dog that I was feeding. And that was really impactful to me because it's like, to put it into to Christian, Christianity, it's like, what are you feeding yourself? What are, you, what are you feeding yourself during the week? Are you feeding yourself with God's purpose for your life and the plans that he has for you? Because he has plan, perfect plans for your life. Or are you feeding yourself with what the world says that you need? And, and let me tell you, that, and when I say this, this is for me too. As I forget, I feel like God compares us to sheep. And, and, and when he says like fishermen of men, I think he's comparing us to fish. Because you know like how a fish is. He can get hooked and by the grace of God get unhooked. But then the hook falls next to him again and he bites into it. We need to be reminded we need to be reminded every day of, of picking up our cross, of desiring to get filled by the Holy Spirit to be able to access this reckless love. That's it. Thank you.